In this episode, we discuss the movie that proves love can conquer even basic science, Upside Down. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. And this is Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse Podcast, voice of the Flophouse Housecat. Row, row. <laughs> and I'm Elliot Kalen, the third and final host of the Flophouse. But I'm the guest. It's I'm Hallie Hagland, <laughs> the guest. That's right. What the due, to, due to popular demand, she's here. The Lucy to my Charlie Brown, Elliot's Linus, and Stuart Snoopy. <laughs> Hallie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm Snoopy? Yeah. Stuart's Pigpen, and I don't even know him. <laughs> um, yeah, guys. Back by popular demand. Pigpen's the really cool dude, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, He sure. don't care. Now, Hallie, you've been with us two previous episodes, right? Yes, yeah. indeed. And Zookeeper and Rock of Ages. And you've yes. set the Flophouse fan world on fire. Uh-huh. So we thought, why? Saying, get rid of that Stuart guy. <laughs> He's got too much sexual chemistry with Elliot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Replace him with a girl who has no sexual chemistry with Elliot. It could be his sister. Um, yeah, no, we figured why wait? Why wait till one of us has let's force it. To go out of town. Yeah, let's let's do let's a foursome. Let's make this a foursome, guys. guys. Like the end of a seduction cinema movie. <laughs> Just four lesbians on a tarp in the woods. Speaking of woods tarps. Speaking of woods tarps. No no one has ever spoken of that ever, except me just now. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't think of a segue. So, Hallie. Yes. This is your first time uh, really interacting with Stuart. It is. What do you think of this guy? <laughs> huh? Wait, what? <laughs> this is your plan? This is your performance review. <laughs> okay. Well, as he described himself to me, he is a cool, laid-back dude. <laughs> I think I said party dude. Yeah. Oh, party <laughs> Get his notices right. Yeah. yeah you, do I have to write it in an email? What's, what's going on here, guys? Stuart, by the way... Pink as a lobster. He just came from the beach. Uh, I think you mean red as a lobster. Well, he's not red. He's pink. I'm already lobsters as are not pink. <laughs> pink. A pink girl's dress. A dress that's pink. <laughs> Wait, the girl is pink too. <laughs> Both. It's camouflage. You think she's naked when you look at her at first, but then you realize no, it's just a pink dress. Pink You're like, is, is that Mary- skirt part of her body? <laughs> As a Mary Kay convertible, that's Stuart. <laughs> okay, so I was at the beach today, and I assumed I'm life, pretty cool. Life, I don't life's need hard for Stuart. <laughs> After a day at the beach, it's on to the podcast. Life is literally a beach for Stuart. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yep. So I I assumed I don't need sunscreen. I probably should have put on sunscreen, but I'll be fine. I've been um, drinking all day. I'm good, man. Yeah, sure. That booze. It's the natural sunscreen. It's it'll <laughs> hydrate me. No, it does the opposite. <laughs> So, Dan, what are we doing in this podcast? Okay, you want to talk about my skin? Talk about Stuart's skin conditions. <laughs> yeah. Dan's knee was making a weird sound a couple minutes ago. Stuart, uh, Stuart skin Is the microphone podcast. picking up Dan's weird knee sound? Uh, it probably is. Everybody a shut up. For him. Shut it up for like, like five this. minutes. <laughs> Welcome to my home. <laughs> Wait, so the knee is the Crypt Keeper's yep. door? <laughs> Um, so what do we do on this podcast, Dan? He got distracted. It's a podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. I don't know why I feel the need to reset that it's a podcast every time. I mean, the podcast is us talking about it. We don't watch the movie while no, we're recording. Yeah, 
Okay, well, let's let's back up. We discuss after. Okay, just it's a discussion of a bad movie that we have just watched. And what movie did we watch this time? We watched a movie called Upside Hyphen Down, and it's really there was a hyphen. I think so. I don't remember that. (laughs) And I'm looking at the. I don't think there's a hyphen. I would remember a hyphen. There's been some misinformation. (laughs) Nobody posts any shit on the internet about us fucking it up. This is not hyphen gate, okay? (laughs) We know there's no hyphen. Just Dan being wrong. Now, Dan, you were pretty. You want to talk about pink skins more? What's going on? (laughs) I wanted to watch this movie. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, you were you were intent, eerily intent on watching this because it's a stupid concept. A high concept. Because they were high when they came up with it. Good one, Two star-crossed <laughs> lovers who live on uh, separate planets. Planets Literally. Literally star-crossed because... Yeah, they live on two different planets. What if they were star-crossed glovers? Danny glovers? <laughs> and Donald Glover. Oh, I'm listening. Between, and they've uh, been crossed by a star, and they want to get revenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Star Revenge. <laughs> um, no, this is a movie about uh, Jim Sturgis and... and uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. They live on different planets. They play themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of them's a successful actress. And the other's a guy from England. And the other's like, oh, what was he in? I know I recognize him. <laughs> oh, no, I guess I didn't because I just read his IMDb page and I've never seen any of the things. Okay, so here we go. Want to say what this movie's about? Two planets alike in No, dignity. no, you want me to say? Okay, so there's there, this story follows uh, a boy named Adam who lives on one of two planets that are eternally locked Which in each one? other's gravitonic embrace. The there are three there are two planets that exist just right next to each other all the time. Yeah, and, and they have three rules. Isaac Asimov's three laws of planetotics. Three rules. Because the best rules. thing about a movie is sitting down and having somebody explain a shitload of rules to it you. It opens yeah. with about what thirty <laughs> minutes of exp- exploratory, you know, explanatory monologue. You know how when you're playing a game for the first time, and your favorite part is someone explaining the rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like this, but in movie form. You know, you know how you go to the movies and you just want to relax, sit back in the dark, and then like learn a bunch of rules. <laughs> <laughs> You know how when you buy Pass a vi- me the rules manual, sir. <laughs> when, I want to read all about when this When you bullshit. buy a video game and it comes with an instruction manual, the first thing you do is you sit down and you read that manual <laughs> cover, cover to cover. You're like, oh, cool, the registration rights on this game. <laughs> Who's here's, the visual designer? And here's the address to write to in case I have any issues with the technology. <laughs> Can't wait to play this. Thank so you, anyway, Konami. There's three rules here in this universe, this made-up, fakey, fictional, allegorical universe. Yeah. One, the two planets have different gravities. Okay, but all matter is pulled to the world that it originated in. Wait, hold on. Is that the first rule? That's the first rule. Okay. I have an objection, but I'll let you keep going. What's your objection? Uh, the is gravity, it that gravity doesn't work that gravity way? Gravity is controlled by mass rather than just uh, what planet you're from. Well, get used to it because nothing is science in this movie. All right. Uh, Carry on. It works off what I would call fairy tale science where the heart is stronger than the brain. Mm-hmm. What? The heart is the strongest muscle. Yeah. <laughs> the heart is the biggest erogenous zone. <laughs> yep. uh, the yeah. heart is a lonely hunter. Because <laughs> no one wants to walk around with a gross heart just, what, rolling around next to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> with a spear in its hand? Put that heart in. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
This is a heart hunting for what? It doesn't need to eat. Getting covered in gravel and dirt. It's probably <laughs> sticky, just right? Grass, yeah. <laughs> it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like Krang, but it's a heart. But it's a, oh, okay. I but see. without a robot exoskeleton to pee all over people with. <laughs> oh, oh, that horrible picture. Okay. Rule number two. Remember peeing all over people. That'll come into play later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah this is, it's rare that We're we see... We're the best part in the movie. It's weird that we see a movie that actually has a urine scene in it. But this, I guess the paper boy and this. I know that scene where they switch bodies because they pee in the same fountain. But we didn't watch that movie for this. Oh. I watched that for Funzo's. <laughs> Funzo the Clown? Yeah, yes, yeah, did yeah. you do a report on he it? He held a gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> While I masturbated. It was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> Someday someone will catch Funzo. <laughs> the clown that makes you masturbate at gunpoint to Jason Bateman movies. Oh, Funzo. It took like all of five minutes. <laughs> okay, rule number two. An object's weight can be offset by matter from the opposite world. So like if you wear a bunch of weights from one planet on from the other planet on you, you can yeah. hang out on that planet. It's like math. But <laughs> it's exactly like math. But and this Beware. is this is before you put a bunch of weights on you from another planet. If you wear rule if, number three, if one piece of matter from one world lands on the other world for too long, it goes on fire. <laughs> it just starts burning up like a hunk a hunk of burning metal, <laughs> of yep. which there's a lot in this. Uh, so okay, well, on, there's two worlds. One of them, the upper world, is all rich. And the one in the bottom world, down, the down world, I guess, is yeah. poor. It's like Elysium, except you don't need a rocket ship to go between them. The worlds are just right there. And there's you, no awesome exoskeletons. There's no exoskeletons. And if you climb to a mountain, you can just jump to the other world if you want. And young Adam. Multiple times. Who, learn, who is an orphan who learns from his great aunt the secret of making. Who won't take him in. I thought that was a valid point made by Stuart earlier when we were watching the movie. Yeah, he's got this great aunt who lives a bike ride away from the she orphanage. Okay. And she makes these. <laughs> she was a great aunt. She was an all right aunt. And she makes these fucking awesome pancakes. She floating kno- pancakes. She knows the secret of how to use pink beeswax to make floating pancakes. <laughs> this will come in handy because this movie is hella dumb. This is not some gibberish that we made up. This is an actual plot point. Now, I know what you're thinking. Floating pancakes. Is this the Oogie Loves movie? Those were flying pancakes. <laughs> that cooked by a vacuum cleaner for a pillow. <laughs> If you didn't remember that episode, go listen to it. It's a treat. Anyway, so uh, he has the power to – he knows how to make anti-gravity stuff. And he meets and falls in love with a girl from the other planet. And they climb to each – turns into Kristen To Dunst. the top of a very tall mountain to meet each other. Basically because besides one other woman in this movie, she's the only woman he's ever seen. Yeah. Well, who's he going to mar- fall in love with? Is a great aunt? That's gross. Oh, yeah. Or that, or that woman with messy hair later on in the movie. Yeah, yeah she's the other woman. She's available, probably. I have to assume so. Her hair is a mess. Yeah, if she found a man, she would straighten her hair out. <laughs> That's, That's how it works, right? That's the first right? thing that happens when you get tied down. Like, well, my days of wild start- hair are over. <laughs> Time to time to iron you, and you just take an iron and put it right on your hair. Ow, my cheek. <laughs> anyway, so he uh, he falls in love with Kirsten Dunst. They grow up. They're like high school sweethearts, and they learn that they can like hang out with each other. That Kirsten Dunst rides around on his shoulders, and like mm-hmm. he'll hold her down, but then he'll jump, like and she around. pulls him into the air because her planet is pulling her back. Yeah, like Tigger. It is the most innocent of frolicking. It looks fun. <laughs> it does look fun, but it's innocent. Her crotch is right behind his head, yeah. though. But then yeah. there's but also this the, weird not, rock that they can go under that holds them in one position. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's I like mean, a a rock that curves over them to create a like a ceilings. And it's not a, it's sessions. not magic. It's just like a little. It's just like a little room. If you've been wanting to see Chris and Dunst make a almost upside down kiss ever since Spider Man One, Spider Man yeah. One, yeah. Okay, they well, this movie kind of delivers on <laughs> it's that. It's called Spider, but Spider Man did win in it, right? Yeah, yeah he did. Win. He Correct. beat the Green Spoiler Goblin. Alert. Yeah, the Green Goblin totally Spider-Man got a, a goblin glider right through his sternum. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but but you, Kirsten, you get a somewhat upside down kiss in this yeah, one. But yeah, but Hallie pointed out, yeah, Kirsten Dunst just wants upside down kiss projects. Yeah, she lusts she out. She wants vehicle. upside down kiss projects or two planets too close to each other projects, yeah. like Melancholia. Yeah. The movie that asks the question, how late is too late to serve dinner to wedding guests? <laughs> <laughs> is 2 a.m. too late? Because I think so. The guests are getting restless. And, also, and soon your wedding's going to be guestless. What was wrong <laughs> with that? Better check the movie. guest list. <laughs> It's I'm Nipsey Russell all of a sudden. Yeah? What's up, Hallie? No, I was just going to talk more about melancholy. She was depressed. I mean, but come on. You had to have sex with that other person at your wedding reception? Yeah, I mean, it was a sign of depression, I guess. I guess so. Some people just got to get it, you know? (laughs) It's just like Sonny and the Godfather. I guess it wasn't his wedding. Just having fun hanging out naked near, near rivers? I forgot about that part. I mean, come on. It's living the life, guys. Mm-hmm. Living the life. <laughs> yep, just being naked. Why are you looking at me? That's what heaven. You know like. what I'm talking about. You're <laughs> looking at me like weird. Dan. He knows what I'm talking about. about. <laughs> anyway, the 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 cops see them. It's against the law for people from the two worlds to mingle, and certainly not to fall in love. And uh, so the cops see them and they shoot them. They just start blasting, they just man. Start they don't even say guns. stop. They and just in, start blasting. In a very confusingly shot yeah. sequence where I really wasn't sure what planet the cops mm. were on. Mm-hmm. But Kristen Dunst. And I'm still not sure. Yeah. Kristen Dump uh, falls. <laughs> not, not, it's not derogatory. It's just hard to say Dunst all the time. Anyway, Dunstan checks in, falls, <laughs> and hits her head and, and loses her memory. Ten years later, they are the same age, roughly. Uh, they look exactly the same. They look same. exactly the same, but they don't know each other anymore. Uh, Adam, the boy, works at a repair shop, but he's figuring out a way to make an ant- like an anti-wrinkle cream out of the pink uh, bee goo that yeah. gets turned into pancakes usually. So this is stupid. And so Let me explain. It's the hit- bee goo, you put it on your wrinkly bits, <laughs> and it lifts them up so you're not wrinkling anymore. Because it's attracted to the gravity of the other planet. But... Uh, mm. That doesn't, like, just because it lifts it up doesn't mean that skin isn't floppy. you got to tuck no, that. it totally makes you look young, like okay. happens later in the movie. All right, it slenderizes you somehow, too? Now, if this was a better movie, he would use that stuff to change his face so he lo- had a disguise. Oh. But this is not a better movie. So instead, he decides to sell the rights to Transworld, the one corporation in the world that has a skyscraper that connects the two planets and that everybody works at or is oppressed by. Yeah. And he gets a job there in their endless room of cubicles <laughs> where uh, he is, where people work on the floor and the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, we've also seen that... There's no papers being thrown back and forth or... Yeah, there's there that one... There is one There's that one, uh, you know, they have the... He's one of those old people get, claws. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, hands grammar. paper to people. You'd think they just move the floors a little bit closer together to facilitate work, but... I guess they, not. They tried that once, and people and just kept bumping their heads. Oh, I don't point. understand why the file could go between planets. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing. Or not interesting, but stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the matter between planets like falls back between planets and is affected by the gravity of that planet. And some of it, you hand between planets, and oh, and that's okay. Fine. Yeah. Now, it uh, doesn't catch on fire, is what you're saying. Yeah. 
Now, Kristen Dunst has no memory of him, and she just likes to while away her days dancing at the Café Dos Mundos. Means two worlds. Two worlds. Where people dance on the floor, and guess what they're also doing? Dancing Dancing on the ceiling. Oh, what a feeling when you're dancing on the ceiling. Ceiling's not a place that you usually dance, but you start to dance. And you can't help but dance. <laughs> Take a chance. Dance on that ceiling. It's such a feeling. I'll tell you, you'll be feeling. Don't go kneeling to kings. For the second time, I am not coming to your musical improv show. <laughs> you I should refuse. totally, though. It's called duets. <laughs> Uh, Hallie and I make up a song We don't know ahead of time what the song's gonna be Or even what it's gonna be about Yeah, and it doesn't usually go very well But it's just like a feeling When it does go well, it's magic Hey, let's try it again Let's start one off and we'll do it Uh, Oh, boy We watched a movie Movie. It was was groovy groovy. And then then there's a thing we saw Truvy the right. star of Steel. Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig, everybody. Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig. Oh, I Wig. forgot they did that. <laughs> well, we do it better. Anyway, so we totally don't. Uh, so he gets a job at this corporation, and it's also the corporation that Kirk and Muntz works at, his mm. ex-girlfriend. And if you'll remember, corporations are people. So it's like they're inside <laughs> a giant people. people. <laughs> uh, and the person exists on two planets at once. Yeah, it's the flash of two worlds. Anyway. What's that person's secret? That's what the point of the movie is. <laughs> I don't think I like so. your style. <laughs> anyway, he befriends a guy named Bob who work who lives on the upper world. What about Bob? Well, let me tell you what about Bob. <laughs> he lives on upper world He's for not instance. Bill Murray. He loves burgers. He loves stamps and he in exchange for stamps, he helps Adam get some clothing from upper world so that he can go up to upper world and ask out Crispin Gunts on a date. All right, so well, back to the stamps thing. You had some strong it's opinions. never made clear. It's never <laughs> clearly articulated that he is a stamp collector. There's one brief scene where a stamp box is passed off from one to the other, and piece. he like looks happy. But we had to look up on Wikipedia that he was a stamp collector. He's cramping for stamps. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that. They mentioned at once some point the stamps, and we just missed it because we were busy saying, what is with this movie? It doesn't make sense. What's going on? How did this happen? Yeah. Uh, but so... But he is bonkers for stamps. Just having some enough, stamps from the other world. Enough to break the law. Enough yeah. to break the only law. God's what? law? God's law. Robots aren't allowed to kill humans? Uh, that's not the law. Okay, it's robots are allowed. <laughs> yeah, robots have to kill humans. Sebastian no Stallone. kissing on he the mouth. He is the law. <laughs> no kissing on the mouth. Okay, the law is stay on your planet. Oh. Okay. And he helps Adam not stay on his planet. Uh, but as a result, Bob... Wait, is the other... She's not called Eve, is she? Cause no, it's called Eden. Eden. Her name is Eden. Because oh, Adam's it's... trying to get back into Eden, if you know oh, what I mean. Oh, God. Yep. Get it? All up in her. Get it? Oh. Get it? I thought they wanted to say Eve, but they were like, "That's too on the nose." We'll say Eden. I bet she lives in the happens. nice part. She lives on the nice planet. Let's call her Eden. I mean, they almost go as far as having the the villain boss named like Mister Snake or something <laughs> like that. They totally should have done that. <laughs> and he's always eating apples. <laughs> uh, so Bob helps him out, but as a result, Bob gets fired for breaking rules, uh, and. They Adam sneaks up to the upper world. Yet and oddly, they don't fire and, Adam. I mean, they don't if know they he knew, caused the trouble. 
Well, yet. how do they know they that Bob? That if they knew that Bob because, was involved, because Adam used Bob's name when he started breaking ah, rules. When he went to go see Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, when he started breaking hearts and making <laughs> farts, he used Wait, Bob's name. I don't. I don't remember that part. That's how he propelled himself into the other world. But I think this gives us an opportunity to talk about the first time he got in trouble when he went to the other world, which was caused by. An urge to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. So he goes. So he's wearing a suit of lead things that let him stay up in the upper world. Yeah. Uh, he's got. A, he's trying to hit on Kristen Dunst, but she doesn't remember who he is. And she says at one point, well, "I don't know why you're telling me all this." <laughs> and uh, she, he goes, now, which was fair- the only like real sentence in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was. It was when it, you it was really, what I was wondering the whole time. <laughs> really saying, what the I don't know why you're telling me this. <laughs> And they go, he runs to the bathroom to, like, hide. Oh, his his shirt is starting to burn through because he's wearing some stuff from Upper World, over so, Lower World. So apparently this burning thing is not as I predicted it would be, just a lie to keep the worlds apart. However, I think that is the only time we see the burning actually happening. No, no, because oh, his shoes. shoes burn later. Oh, okay. There's some other stuff that burns. But it seems like it's a very erratic burn. Like, just like with the, the matter going between worlds, it, it happens whenever it the screenplay happen. needs it It doesn't always happen, yeah, but Dan... Everybody burns sometimes. It's inaccurate. <laughs> Those are the words of the song, right? So R. what was burning? Was it, the, it was an R.E.M. song. It was an H.E.M. song. Uh, was it the weights he was wearing that was burning? Yeah, because, what's from the other Because world? the weights were Had from the, the upper world. I think world. he was wearing a shirt from lower world. Why didn't the, he not wear the shirt the, then? Why didn't he get a vest, shirt from upper world? Maybe the vest that the weights were put into, because remember that guy from the other world made oh, that vest. Okay. Oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So it was something he was wearing. Anyway, he runs to the bathroom to cool off the heat, and he has to protect... By taking a hobo bath in the bathroom. <laughs> in the sink, yeah. And a guy walks in, and so goes, oh, I better pretend I'm using the toilet, even though he just saw me at the sink washing my hands. And he starts peeing, but uh-oh, his pee is drawn back to the planet he came from. Yeah. But it wasn't just like he had to pretend to pee. Like, he had he to pee a pees. lot. He almost peed in his own face. Yeah, so he peed a lot. <laughs> he was just like that video of the chimp that pees <laughs> in his own mouth. The pee... Uh, because of weird gravity, goes straight up. Electric yellow pee. Then it starts. Yeah. Dri- then, then it starts dripping back down for some reason. No, no, no. no the it starts. Pee alarm. Oh yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it spreads along the ceiling, <laughs> and they've spreads- got a pee alarm on the ceiling in just case, for this. In case any downwards you sneak in to use the bathroom and start peeing all over the ceiling. Oh, what a feeling when you're peeing she's, on she's the ceiling. Ceiling. Oh, oh, what, what a, a feeling. feeling. I can't stop peeing because I'm peeing on the ceiling. <laughs> anyway, that's what the song was originally about. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the urine alarm goes off. So the off. urine alarm goes off. And the pee, like you said, Stuart, is bright yellow. It's like he, was, he cracked open a highlighter and just started drinking it. <laughs> he was not very hydrated. Somebody dared him to drink out of a glow stick. <laughs> In Downworld, Ecto Cooler is still sold. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing they have to drink. Uh, so he almost gets caught. And he runs back down. There's a lot of Mishigas. Anyway, eventually, he does get caught. He he, re- he reunites with Kristen Dunst, whose memory comes back. He gets in trouble, and he's on the run from the cops. They go dancing. They go on a date. It's really stupid. Uh, the cops chase him out of the club. He goes back to Downworld, and he figures that... Meanwhile, he smears some pink shit all over, over an old lady's face, and she be- looks young again. Yeah, well, his his magic beauty cream is working great. And they really want it. But they don't want it so much that they'll let him get away with going to Upperworld. And so he goes back to Downworld, and they say to him, and they arrest Kristen Dunst for 
and they they Christian Dunst and him have sex in the floating in the midair. We I'm don't just, get to see that. We don't though. see it. We just see them yeah, making there's out. There's no penetration. <laughs> and then the police come by. They Wait, did we did we mention that she has amnesia? We mentioned that. Yeah, she yeah, has she had amnesia, amnesia, but she lost her amnesia. Oh, yeah, I don't think what I th- a feeling I, I don't think when you lost, lost your amnesia on the ceiling. It's like a freesia, which is a kind of drink, I think. I don't know. Freesia? <laughs> I don't think that you actually did it's make like it It's like Uruguayan barbecue Parisia. Yeah. When you lose your amnesia. Here's so what's going on. Here's you better nuts. not have a seizure because you just lost your amnesia. Live life. Kirsten Dutch didn't just forget Jim Sturgis. She was hit she, on the head. She was hit on the head. So, she had amnesia. And then she I think loses she the hit, hit, hit on her the head, head against a piece of rock. <laughs> there was blood. That is not useful new information. <laughs> As if that changed things. No. It's like Wolverine at the end of X-Men Origins where he loses his memory because he gets shot in the head with a bullet against his adamantium skull. She hits her head on a rock, loses her, amne- her memory, and then it just comes back later because I guess she recognizes him over time. Uh, I don't think she hits her head again, which no, is how... No, because she remembers at the scene where he's on stage making the woman's face Well, she up. had a dream, though, before that where she kind of vaguely remembered... What him? Uh, the point is, it wasn't cured in the normal way, which is to have a coconut falling. <laughs> yeah, because the gravity would have brought the coconut back to the other world. Yeah. She would have let go of it; it would have just flown up back into the sky. Someone would have had to pee against the coconut <laughs> to push it back down. Yeah, at such amazing force that it would hit her head hard enough. The physics w- would be astounding. I mean, it's possible. It's it's po- I theoretically. Hard. It's just barely possible <laughs> in theory, but it's never been done it's until been now. Proven. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Uh, so anyway, you might get urine on you. <laughs> he resolves to go back to Bottom World because he realizes that he's endangering her, but she's going to go to jail. They drop the charges, but then he's kidnapped, and they say he. It turns out when he gave them his magic beauty cream formula, he left out the pink dust made out of bee goo that makes it work. Uh, and so they say. Give us the secret to, to secret ingredient, or else we'll kill you, I guess, and we'll throw her back in jail. And he's like, "Ah, uh, what am I going to do? Oh, no. But then Kristen Dunst just kind of goes to Bob's house and says, like, I remember. Make me a suit so I can go visit him. Yeah. And then Bob figures out how to make the pink goo on his own based off of no, what? No, he sends him those flowers. And oh, then right. And she takes the flowers Oh, good to point. Him. He sent Adam sent uh, Eve Eden flowers. That's right. Because... You're not allowed to go from downworld to upworld, but I guess you can deliver packages from one to the other. Uh, that's right. He gives yeah, her flowers sense. with the goo in it, and she gives the goo to Bob, and he figures out how to make the goo and makes a floating blob with a goldfish in it. Yeah. And they just are reunited. And I guess the goo stabilizes Kirsten Dunst because she goes down and she's able to hang out Well, with and she announces that she's pregnant with twins. Yep. So it's perhaps that she's weighted down by his babies inside of her. But then she's got so two half-bloods half in her. She's going to give birth and then like, rock it back to her own planet. <laughs> it's, it's that sounds like hilarious. The, the baby being pushed out is going to propel her back into space. <laughs> no, they'll give her, they'll smear her with that pink goo. But anyway, yeah. and it literally ends she's with... She's going to be smeared in plenty of pink goo. <laughs> <laughs> it's messy business giving birth. Anyway, so they... Uh, they kiss, and he says something about like that pig stuff. It was it wasn't just a you know it wasn't just a new product. It was a revolution. But that's a story for a different time. And then we see that suddenly Downworld has all these you know rich buildings too, and 
everyone is you know fine and everybody loves each other and kids yeah. are playing tri d basketball and somehow and fact, a tri d pool which looks very dangerous yeah. because it's basically just water all around there's no yeah do you dive pool. up or down or what's going on yeah yeah but the the movie I do like the fact that the movie cuts off at the end being like basically the movie expressly says. Uh, somehow our twins saved the world, but we're not going to tell you about it. <laughs> it's almost like the movie looked just stopped and went, yada, yada, you get the drill, etc. Yeah, you, you know, know how this goes. Love heals everything, whatever. Clearly, it's setting up a sequel. Uh, downside up? Yeah, downside up, where there's two babies that can bounce back and forth between the worlds. Mm. They get called world walkers. <laughs> They're called, it's downside up to world walkers. Yeah. <laughs> And it turns They're out like there's a thing an, two and thing one. There's mm-hmm. an ancient prophecy. Ancient prophecy. There's a dragon, and there's a reformed racist guy who's like, I don't believe in you, world walkers. <laughs> but then at the end of the movie, when they save him from a rebel's bullet, <laughs> he's like, Oh, you world walkers are okay. Yeah. Dad, dad, god dang it, I didn't like them, but now I love them. So yeah, he lives in a he lives in a shack. <laughs> he lives in, a, in an anti gravity shack. Uh, so. This movie, let's just say this beginning, to save something positive, it's a beautiful looking movie. Yeah. It's gorgeously shot, almost too much so because it becomes static, but it's a series of, it's like playing the game Mist. Everything looks beautiful even though it is dramatically inert and boring. Yeah, and, and I it would makes say, no sense. It would definitely that, be Mist. better as a video game. <laughs> yeah. For, for a... Uh, we call it Bioshock, upside down. For a movie that's like all CGI, basically. Like, I've seen... Wait, they didn't build. Movies. They didn't build all these sets where they're upside down. <laughs> Wait, those weren't real people. I thought that was shot in China. I thought that was the Majesty of China. <laughs> I, the Majesty of China. Uh, that is the ancient Chinese. I'll shut up. I need secret. Dan, is say what you were going to say. No, I just uh, you know like uh, I think that all CGI movies often look really antiseptic and and boring at this point, but this movie still looks. Fairly pretty, it and, very pretty, and has a Pro-septic. certain amount of groundedness for what it is. Uh, the li- the lighting feels false, but that actually might fit because if you consider two planets that close to each other, yeah, there'd be no sunlight. There'd be no natural light. light. Well, but here's the thing. Also, is that we brought up the point while we were watching it. What ha- is happening on the rest of the planets that is not right next to each other? Like, there's it's a whole planet on, on yeah. the other side of it. There's something going on, but. This is an allegory. It's yeah, not really it's not a straight Yeah, and why don't they ever rotate story. away from each other? Are they locked in a gravity trance because they love grip. each other so much? But this is a because this is a fairy tale. This is not science fiction, but fantasy, and it's a, making a point about people, which is that hey, let's not be haters. <laughs> sure. And that inequality exists in the yeah, world. Yeah, but because this movie is bad at that, you can't help you start but wondering think about, about everything yeah. that, about the logic of it, like the fact as Hallie said Normally, planets have their own orbits. These two are apparently locked together, which maybe I would buy, but they're locked together so tightly that you can literally build a tower between the planets that connects up. They're they're so close that he falls from one ocean to the other ocean, and he's totally fine, just a little cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, Elliot, and Elliot, you love Romeo and Juliet, the uh, oh. Baz Luhrmann production. Oh, love and it. And this is basically a Romeo like, and Juliet story. I feel like Baz Luhrmann took a terrible play and made it watchable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, this is, it's like you were saying at the beginning, Stuart, uh, when we watched the movie, that the planets are like, like Montagon and, and <laughs> it's like Capulon and Montague Six. Like, the, uh, it's Romeo and Juliet, but the rivalry between the two planets is so undernourished, like it's so poorly set up. It's just like, hey, 
rich people up there, poor people down here. What are you going to do about it? Hey, we can't be together for some reason. You never honestly meet any people who care about these people enough to, like... (laughs) Like feed a feud like the Capulets yeah. and Montagues. Well, it's kind of like it's like uh, the same problem you see in like V for Vendetta or even Scarlet Letter, which is like everyone lives by these ironbound rules, but nobody seems to like them or care about them. Yeah. So like every character, sh- like when when uh, when Crispin finds out that Adam is from this from Downworld, she I guess when she like because she has amnesia, like. She should be disgusted. Crispin? Like, you say, you know, Crispin, yeah. Crispin Gunst. Oh, I was thinking of Crispin Glover. Wait, like, Crispin was Glover was in this? <laughs> no, was it? No, no. Uh, when Kristen, when Kirsten, uh, it's hard to say Kirsten, when she finds, like, there should be some moment where she's like, I couldn't be in love with a downworlder. No, 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 that's their, impossible. But instead, their like. Their stuff is on sideways. <laughs> I hear their penises work backwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then hamburgers eat people. I have some bad news for you, Elliot. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that bad news could be. Hamburgers eating people would be terrible. <laughs> they just eat your face off. Well, the question would be, why are you making hamburgers if they're trying to eat you? You don't make them. It's they're not like for, ham- They're forged in a laboratory somewhere. Hamburgers are not a naturally occurring object. in a laboratory? <laughs> yeah, you got to put on your welder's gauntlets. <laughs> put, some, put some ground beef on an anvil. Just a guy just just hammering that beef hamburger, on it. That test tube hamburger. But yeah. ha- don't act like the world's not coming to that. <laughs> hamburgers <laughs> eating people? Yeah. But it would be like Wake a- up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I was imagining like a hamburger bun that operated like a mouth. I think you mean more. it would be more like a hamburger blob that absorbs people. Oh, I was imagining talking on a hamburger phone, and then it starts eating your face. <laughs> sure, because that's where you're at your most vulnerable is when you're on the phone. I know, especially when you're revealing a secret. <laughs> I'm really scared of my phone. <laughs> that was a secret? The hamburger on the phone knows that already. Yeah, yeah, it laps it up. Well, you should have gotten some distance face. from the phone before you revealed that secret, to be fair. Put phone to the other side of the room. Now, the question I have is, if it's a hamburger phone biting you, is it a hamburger eating you or a phone eating you? It's both. Because <laughs> it's not like they took a hamburger and plugged a cord in it, and now it's a phone. No, that would be silly. But the idea of making a phone that you can eat, that makes a lot of sense right it does, now. because what if you get hungry while you're on a long call? <laughs> sure. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, the rules in this movie are very arbitrary, both the physics rules and the rules the society is governed by. Well, that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up is, like, again, I know it's allegorical, but it's a little weird to be like, okay, well, we got rich planet and poor planet. And, and you're kind of like, well, And they're literally called I want to live on rich planet, please. capital U and down, capital D. Like, those are the names of the planet. Yeah, and, like, why? <laughs> what are the economics of living on, like, a whole planet that is just, like... Poor shacks. Hey, like, we're going to find out because of climate change. Yeah. And when Elysium goes up in the sky. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Go see Elysium uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago when this airs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, it's... I wish that it was not Gravity Planets, or if it was that they had not... The scope of or it... Or the movie was called Gravity Planets. It was called Gravity Planets, <laughs> and it's about a basketball team called the Gravity Planets. Uh the thing is, it like the scope of it is so weird because it's like these entire planets are right next to each other, but there's like five people that we see basically, and and, and every conversation anybody has is about either specifically the plot or the fact that there's these two planets. Yeah, at one point, one of the guys says to the main character, one of the other downworlders, is like, "Stop always talking. About, you're always talking about upworld. Why are you always trying to think about upworld?" It's like, well, that's 
the only thing that anybody talks about ever. Yeah, you know what we could have used? Like a scene where they all go to the bar and just hang out in Downworld, and they're like, let's play some pool, and then they play some pool, and then they're like, let's play some ping pong, and then they play some ping pong. Basically, we needed more games in this movie, I think, probably. You know, something we could bet on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we would, it would have been better if there were more scenes of characters just existing in their worlds and and less of like... It's weird. The plot weirdly moves. It's like a slow, boring movie that also moves too fast. Like, you're just introduced to a character and then like 10 minutes later they're crying because the police yeah, are pulling their great so aunt away. Mad. And it's like, I'm totally... Like you said, how you're like, I'm not invested in these characters yet. Like, what are you doing? And it's like a huge mu- music swell and you're like, I, this isn't worth well, it. Well, also, yeah. like, we're to believe that these two characters are so in love that they have to find each other years, years ago, years later, when all we've seen them do is like hop around the forest on each other's shoulders. <laughs> it's basically like they meet as kids... Then suddenly they're teenagers and they're hopping around, and then that's it. That we get two scenes of their relationship, and so we're like, "Yeah, these are history's greatest lovers." This is mm-hmm. Antony and Cleopatra <laughs> right here. They're gonna bring two planets together. Oh, right here. This is Scott Summers and Jean Grey. They're just <laughs> yeah. fated to be together. Neither of them are interesting, but their love might be. <laughs> <laughs> they have the kind of love that you see in like people who live. Like, they just have regular jobs. Maybe they meet through the internet. Maybe they meet at a friend's birthday party. They have a couple dates. They hit it off. Like, eight months later, you know what? This is getting pretty serious. Maybe we should move in together. Like, a year later, they're engaged, and then they get married, and that's their life. Like, it's not not a tempestuous, passionate love. And wouldn't you know it, like, he goes through all this trouble to bang her one time... And of course, she gets fucking pregnant, dude. That's crazy. With twins, problem. it's a real teen mom issue. Oh boy! Now you, you, you first off, down a whole planet. First the off, problem was use a condom. Bro. They used a condom. That's the problem. Oh, but wow. the condom was from the down world. So when it got inside her, it was like <laughs> it just pulled right off. Yeah. Like you say. So now it's just ricocheting around yep, inside her womb. Exactly. Yep. Here's the thing. She spits out a Coney Island whitefish the next day. <laughs> What? <laughs> like, what? I don't even know what I don't know oh, and don't boy. want to know what that phrase means. Stuart, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. you are a wealth of horrible phrases. <laughs> You're just a treasure trove of things I've never heard before. <laughs> uh, look, it's a movie. You are a horrible national treasure. <laughs> Everyone knows when you have sex in a movie, you get pregnant. It's called Danny's Law from Caddyshack, <laughs> sure. where the woman gets pregnant and then is forgotten for the rest of the movie, pretty much. So, um, look, it's time to wrap this thing up. It's time to tie Wrap it up in a gravity bow. Um, this is the part of the movie where we make our final judgments. Uh, is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? Allie, why don't you start us off? It's a bad, bad movie. I wished I was, uh... Just hang out with you guys when I watch. Hey, the movie. guess what you're doing it. You're doing hey, right my favorite it was part, worth it. Then. My favorite part of Hallie watching the movie was it was really dramatic, and Hallie was like, "I really wanted more of a rom com." And then suddenly the main character got really goofy and started doing lots of jokes and like gags, peeing on the ceiling. And it was yeah, like peeing on the ceiling and just being okay. Up. I'll admit that was a good scene <laughs> and being in like an absent-minded fuss budget. And mm-hmm. suddenly it was like the movie heard Hallie and was like, yeah. "Change course, everybody." <laughs> I mean, I'm flattered that they were so attentive to my needs. But I still didn't like it. Sorry, I guys. I wanted a rom com. This is a drum com. <laughs> it was really more of a uh, 
crap con. <laughs> the the uh, but the urine scene was pretty like it was so funny because we were watching it and he starts you hear the pee sound effect and we we're like wait but wouldn't it and it starts floating <laughs> up to the ceiling and we we're like oh no movie oh no uh-huh. it's the best urine going in the wrong place scene I think since Wolf. I think I was most shocked at the fact that, like, the joke of him peeing on the ceiling isn't enough, that they also have to have a specific device that catches the pee on the ceiling. This has happened before. A lot of downworlders have been sneaking into our bathroom because it's so much cleaner. All for Kirsten Dunst because she was a total slut. She met, like, everyone on that mountain peak. Wow. That's what you really? don't know. Oh, sorry. I feel like I, I was but, too harsh on that. But, but guys, sorry. he's probably pretty lucky he did a number one and not a number two, right? <laughs> oh, you better believe oh, it. Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Would he, like, ride that thing all the way back to his world? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. He never Slap a saddle he, on he, it. <laughs> the police are chasing him. All he had to do was take a poop and then ride it back to his planet. <laughs> Going, yee-haw! I mean, just like Doctor Strange Love. Yep. Just like at the end. Exactly. Just like Slim Pickens sitting on a giant poop, cr- crashing towards the ground, waving his cowboy hat. His anti grav cowboy hat. I called that poop stallion. Yep. <laughs> Doctor Strange. We'll poop. meet again. So, Dan, your final judgments. Uh, no, Black I Beauty. I had eaten some a lot of beans before this. <laughs> it, it was a bad movie. I can't say anything more. It was a bad movie, I say too. Stuart, did you like it? Uh yeah, it was a good, great movie, dude. Uh, no, good, it was great. not very good. He is uh, a laid back dude. It was dude. bad. <laughs> it was good, great. There was pictures. I liked it. Um, no, uh, yeah, it's, it was terrible. So um, I would. It was, it was a nice. It was an interesting gimmick that it didn't work out. Let's say that it was an obvious gimmick. If I'm not going to do this recommendation justice, but if you like this idea at all, you should just go pick up City in the City by China Mieville, which is basically the idea of two cities kind of existing at once but weirdly bleeding into each other. It's significantly more interesting than this. Now, that's a book, though. That's a book, not a movie. So if you like a movie in your mind, (laughs) I beat you to it, McCoy. Not fast enough. Movie Um, in your mind. Hey, before we uh, move on to our letters... Uh, we are recording this a little early. We've got a few of these in the bank. Um, we had to stockpile episodes because a bunch of us are going out of town. Uh, but uh, by the time... Just Dan. And maybe out of this Stuart world. I discovered a planet with different gravity. <laughs> and I'm going to go there and see if I can bang me some upside down chicks. <laughs> see how they do it up there. I hear they do it crazy stuff. Yeah, nutso. Um, you don't know what direction you're in. Upside down. So, uh, no, but uh, hopefully... <laughs> They do it kitty style there. What is that? All it's the opposite are... of doggy style. <laughs> oh, they just lie in a sunbeam and not move? Kitty's the opposite of a dog? I didn't know that. Yes. Okay, first off, you have to put in the movie Sleepwalkers. <laughs> kitty style is when you do it in a big box of sand. <laughs> Sleepwalkers is any judge. Kitty style is like weird incestuous relationship between a mom cat and a boy cat. Now you're getting it. All right. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, unless something has gone terribly wrong, uh, we have t-shirts on sale now. Whoa, what? Flophouse what? Space t-shirts. t-shirts. No, not space t-shirts. <laughs> Earth t-shirts. Yeah, so you don't... Stop getting out your space bucks. Pull out you your cred stick. Use, you, you know? <laughs> no. 
Nope. Put away your galactic creds. <laughs> you can use normal money on this. If you go to a store merchandise, which I believe you can reach directly through the All Things Comedy website, or you can or, just Google a store merchandise. Or go to a store merchandise.com. Google a store merchandise. And then we're just selling the Google Flophouse shirts. Anyway, go to a store merchandise.com, E S T O Y merchandise.com. And yeah, they should be up now. The, the first ever Flophouse t-shirts, they got our beautiful mugs yeah. on them, and the name of the podcast, and they come in one amazing color. You guys have been asking for them, and so we finally caved in. So if you need something to wear to a graduation, the first time you meet your girlfriend's parents. A wedding. Your boyfriend's parents. A funeral. Into space. Four weddings and a funeral. If you're going to the Bratsiverse, that's the universe where the Brats <laughs> sure. live. If you're making some kind of weird shrine to murdering us. If you're going to be kidnapped by seven pounds. Yeah, any of those things. Or hey, um, look, if you just want a good shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... To keep the elements off your body. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> the sun's an element, right? Uh, let's say yes. If you want something Pink you, can pull, you can pull down to hide your wormy boner. <laughs> you buy a flop out. Things got weird. Or okay. there's something to pull down to hide your butt from Dan so he doesn't look at it and make a comment. So this is the time of the night where... <laughs> this is the time of the night where Dan cracks open a giant bag... Full of letters. What, what would that? What would that be called? Uh, the Flophouse movie mailbag. Hallie. The Flophouse movie, movie mailbag. It's, it's a, a mailbag full of letters, letters. not movies, just, just letters. letters. You're, You're gonna not gonna find any letters. <laughs> yeah, make it louder, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll, let me show you how it's done, Hallie. <clears throat> <clears throat> Me 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 meow 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 meow. Okay, can I get a can I get a high C? Okay, great. Flophouse letters. Here's some flophouse letters. Take off your fetters. Flophouse letters. Letters for the flophouse. I'm just a letter looking for the flophouse. Where can it be? Where can I find it? Dan McCoy. Care of the Flop House, 123 Flop Street, any town USA, Earth, Milky Way. Why are you blaming me, Dan? <laughs> I feel like you cued this. Um, the first letter uh, is from Chad, last name withheld. He Lowe. says, It's Chad Lowe. I only started the podcast at the beginning of April. Chad, the African country, obviously. <laughs> Following, <laughs> they all got together. <laughs> <laughs> Following a visit to my brother's place where he introduced me to the podcast, I'm already finished with the first 70 episodes. I absolutely love the characters on the Ooh, podcast. Chad. <laughs> Wait, characters? <laughs> I absolutely love the characters on the podcast. Uh, you mean the people. <laughs> he says, sighing Dan is a strong character. No one remembers his birthday. Is that why he's sighing? Or is there more trouble in the relationship with the wife? We always hear that Dan is married, but we never get to hear much about her. Well, Does that would be pre- weird. <laughs> Does the pressure make him sigh? Is he satisfied with his life? He's producing a kick-ass podcast with virtually nothing more than an old rotary form and some co- copper wire. He's still not satisfied. The suspense is killing me. Will Dan get the recognition he deserves? Will he overcome the cold that holds him back in episode number 70? I assume he does because the <laughs> podcast continues and Dan is the only For number like 60 more episodes. in every episode. Elliot is also an interesting character. Oh, thank you. A veritable computer who wore tennis shoes with his encyclopedic knowledge of film. Yeah. He has not been making the podcast as much since the wedding. Does this mean his priorities are shifting? <laughs> this is That wedding was three years ago. <laughs> Will he abandon his friends for the Yoko owner of the podcast? He has an <gasps> Emmy. Will he earn more? 
Will he write the Ziggy screenplay? Will he and Stewart collaborate on an amazing film about dinosaur riding bears fighting flamethrowers only to see their masterpiece snubbed by the Academy at Oscar time despite uh, by, its critical success? By snubbed, I think he means awarded all of them. <laughs> Which brings us to Stewart. He, he apparently plays Blood Bowl. What team does he play? What other games does he play? He's engaged now. Would you like to play a game? Does that mean he'll have a bachelor Bitch. party with a tank? <laughs> That's two different guys. But what if they weren't two different what guys, Jake Saw and Freddy were the same guy? What if? Does what that... if the comic book, find it at your local oh, retailer? Does that what mean... if Spider-Man was bitten by a radioactive warthog or something? <laughs> Does that mean he'll have a bachelor party with a tank where he duels a bear with a flamethrower? It didn't happen. What kind of bear? Many North American varieties of bear are facing extinction, so it would be nice if we could do something for the environment and not kill an endangered bear. What kind of flame flora will you use? They're all endangered when they're around me. One of those single tank <laughs> ones the Germans use in WW2, or one of the multi tank American or Russian or Italian flamethrowers? The questions are endless. They certainly seem to be. Yes. <laughs> I need to get on to episode 71 to find out what happens to my favorite characters and to find out what films they review. Sincerely, Chad, last name withheld. Well, Chad, oh. you got a lot of questions, but they've all been answered by every episode <laughs> since then, so I don't think we should answer them. I will say that uh, I used to do a live comedy, sh talk, comedy show talk show, and around the time that I started dating my now wife, uh, we, did, we did a sketch where it was as if the show's biggest fan came out and complained that I had a girlfriend now, so it wasn't funny, and he referred to my then-girlfriend, now-wife, as the Yoko Ono of the show, and my girlfriend was really upset. Mm. Now she's my wife, though, so we patched everything up. Um, this next uh, letter is titled Race Relations. Uh-oh. This is a heady issue for us Hello, to Hello, Peaches. I just finished watching... And Hallie. <laughs> I, I just, How did they know Hallie was going to be here? <laughs> it's weird. I just finished watching the second best movie made in 1997 about a volcano. Volcano. Now, I now I personally, I prefer that Dante's Peak, but we'll go well, on. That's why Which is the one where the guy's best. legs get all melted off. It's uh, called Leg Kano. <laughs> As I'm sure to rem you remember, Volcano is a total mess of a movie, but never more so than when it's trying to teach the audience lessons about race relations. <laughs> you, Don't they have like a black guy and a white guy say like, hey, I guess we're all threatened by this volcano well, or something like we, that. She's getting to it. Uh, you can almost <laughs> hear the be. Hollywood execs uh, patting themselves on the back for being so progressive. Rodney King even gets name-checked in one scene. Whoa. The best part is, at the end... A small, adorable white boy is asked to identify his mother, mother in a crowd of people covered oh, right. in ash. The camera takes its time cutting from one shot of a black person and a white person talking, and then the little boy marvels, they all look the same. It's then we realize that no matter what we look like on the outside, we can all come together in time of crisis to be burned alive by a volcano. <laughs> There's something so racist about that, too, where it's like, you know, a black person and a white person with ash on their face looks the same. No, that's terrible. <laughs> That's Blackface. She asked... Also the worst Batman villain, Blackface. <laughs> what other movies sandwich feel-good social messaging into incongruous source, source stories? Keep up the good work. Amy, last name withheld. Uh, so. Clearly, Crash, the David Cronenberg movie, comes to mind. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> what no, is no, the wait, social message in People that? not being into having sex <laughs> with wounds. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> wait, that's a social message. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's a lot of movies that would like... I mean, there's a lot of movies with social messages kind of crammed in. I feel like one of the ones that does it a little better is Inside Man, uh, where Spike Lee manages to get a fair amount of social commentary into a bank heist movie. Uh, but what's one where they do and it? And Clive Owen's in that, right? And, I love that and guy. And Clive Owen. I wonder what he sounds like when he's in that. Yeah, I wonder, <laughs> Allie. 
Allie, what does Clive Owen sound like? A British person. Oh. I don't know. I didn't see That's that pretty movie. good. That's pretty good, but Stuart, I think you know how Hello, to hello, it's me, Allie. <laughs> Wait, no. Doing an impression of Clive Owen. <laughs> Allie, that's a good impression of Clive Owen. Um, Thank you. So have we answered this question? I don't, I don't know. Well, there's so. a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of movies with like bad environmental lessons thrown into them. Well, yeah, uh, like there's the scene in The Patriot where Donald Logue looks at the guy and he's like, I'm glad you're not a slave anymore or something. Oh, like, that's, that's a good one. What about that, uh, the G- Julianne Moore movie where she's like having the baby and it's a secret? She might not be having the baby. It, you know what I mean? Okay, internet. No, women are IMDb. barren oh, the and then hand, there's... Oh, The Handmaid's Tale? No, there's... Women are she's all barren and then there's one... Yeah, oh. that's what I'm talking about. Well, but that's about a world where the, where the environment has fallen apart. Yeah, so I'm saying. But they do a good job in that. Oh, we're talking about where they do a bad job? Where they kind of shoehorn it in. Oh, well, this movie, uh, it's literally Upside like down, yes. two worlds collide. <laughs> <laughs> They're from true. different worlds. And down worlders have oil smeared all over them. Yeah, I, mm. I, I, I can think less of incongruous uses of... Uh, social messages and more just bad social message movies like i mean like we might as well have just watched in time a second time today yeah because like that's the whole like it's like mm, man rich and poor yeah it's like if in time and total recall had a weird baby that yeah. was less fun but better looking oh totally there's uh i guess i maybe in some of the godzilla movies later on they started putting in environmental messages uh and perhaps Oh, you know what my favorite one is? I guess it's supposed to be anti-racism. I don't know. Is at the end of Godzilla 2000, where Godzilla is literally destroying the city after saving the world from an alien. <laughs> and the scientist says, one scientist says to another, why does Godzilla save us every time? And he goes, I don't know. Perhaps it is because we all have a little Godzilla inside of us. <laughs> and Godzilla is, meanwhile, destroying the city. <laughs> He's killing thousands. But they're like, well, that Godzilla is a good fella. I guess we're all a little bit Godzilla. And then it says the end, question mark. <laughs> Uh, this is just a quick one. Uh, this is from Danielle, last name withheld. She says, Dear Floppers, just wanted to express my enthusiasm and love for your show. <laughs> my seven-year-old son, who has heard... Danielle Kalen. <laughs> what? I didn't even seven know. Seven-year-old son, huh? My seven-year-old son, who has heard approximately eight minutes of a podcast, because language and just not for him he and his four-year-old sister yet... Not appropriate. ...has become obsessed with your show. <laughs> he heard about it on Parade Magazine. Every time he... Ar- <laughs> Every time he arrives home and hears me listening to something in the kitchen while I make dinner, he demands, is this the flop house? I love those guys. Oh, that's sweet. I don't know what you put into those eight minutes, but it has him hooked. I can't wait till he's old enough that we can listen together and then go out and rediscover Castle Freak. Keep up with the good work. Danielle, last name with Oh, Paul. that's nice. I bet we were talking about boobs or something, and he was like, oh! Eight-year-olds love boobs. It's real. Madre de Dios, the legends are true. Um, uh, but that's adorable. I'm glad that he likes the flop house. Yep. Not for kids, but... Uh, no, Rated R yeah. is playing at... Your ears. <laughs> right now. Rated R. <laughs> so this last letter... Starring Rated R. <laughs> as Rated X. <laughs> and featuring Rated G as Rated NC-17. <laughs> Uh, oh, Miss Casting. That seems awful. It's edgy. I think that it's might an, be against the law. It's an edgy movie. Uh, this last letter is Rated titled... Rated PG-13. <laughs> it's titled Complaints. Maybe against your laws, <laughs> Upworlder. <laughs> to be fair, I am the only Upworlder. <laughs> yeah, sure. we're all from Downworld. We all got grime on our faces. 
This letter is titled Complaints. Great. Uh, it seems there's a lot of them. <laughs> Until this March, your awards flop-tacular episodes had regular episode numbers. Episode 11, episode 32, episode 76. Is this about how, whether it fits and, into the regular episode, episode numbering or not? Episode <laughs> They're all awards flop-taculars, but your latest awards flop-tacular lacks a number. It was directly preceded by episode 120, The Paperboy, Ooh. and directly followed by 121, uh, The Oak Superman has a red cape, but mentioned. in one panel in this issue from 1975, he has a blue cape. Please explain. <laughs> Will I have to renumber all my saved episodes from now on? Is the 2013 Awards Loptacular episode 120.5? I need answers. Yes, please, renumber all your episodes. Does, it, does he burn them all <laughs> onto ahead. cassette tapes and then files them into some kind of evidence dungeon? Please tell me this was from the Library of Congress, because maybe that, then I could understand it. Do you curate these questions? This is from... This is from <laughs> that this is, is an eternal question, Hallie. <laughs> I, think the, I think the crying with boobs letter proves that Dan does not curate these letters. This all, is from letters. one OCD. Um... So, second complaint. Also, I've been impressed with the smooth and entertaining way you've integrated your new advertising commitments into the show, but I miss those intervals in the early episodes where Dan would insert what appeared to be snippets recorded after the main recording session to promote the Flophouse in one way or another and ask for support. I was really hoping to hear Dan break in with the bit he had recorded after the other Peaches had left and say something like, Wow, those two are jerks. Well, <laughs> God knows I'd like to, but... um. I think the evidence is clear that we're jerks. He doesn't need to say it. I'll be honest. Part of the reason I've stopped putting those bumpers in is we've gotten too many letters. I kind of almost want to keep the email a little difficult to find now. Well, yep, I a, think... An embarrassment of riches I over think here. we get just the right amount of letters, but you're you hear right. that? He's saying he doesn't want to hear from you guys. <laughs> Don't listen to him. He's no, I mean. love it, but I, there's a, such a deluge that we can only get to so many on the air. That's true, and, at the, and we can't reply to all of them. So I guess back yeah. then we were trying more to get list yeah listener mm-hmm. feedback and now you guys have been so great in uh writing to us and giving us lots of jokes and memories and complaints and communicating on and our phrases. facebook page and and the facebook page has gotten so so big that like yeah we do, we don't need to to remind you that of what you're listening i will to i will still urge you if you like the show to rate it positively on itunes yeah we could use more itunes reviews. um if you feel but don't write us a letter <laughs> If you moved, if you feel moved to co- uh, to donate to cover our operating costs, you can do that through the All Things Comedy website. But uh, that's about it. Or buy a shirt. Yeah. But what uh, about writing them a letter? You can write us a letter, and please do write us a letter. But what we really are you suggesting writing the listeners a letter? <laughs> no, I'm saying we'll write you a letter, dear listeners. This is the Flophouse. Sorry, it's, we haven't been in touch, but we've we been get, getting a lot of letters. We get a lot of letters, and we have our own lives. Back off, okay? We don't live for you. You know what? I can't even finish this letter. Love the Flophouse. But we do need more iTunes positive reviews. We, we So please do, uh, if you like it, if you like this podcast. Or you just want to write Elliot's voice is annoying five stars. <laughs> as long as the, the star count is high, you can say whatever you want about my annoying like voice. A, like a popular comment. Uh, and the last complaint in this uh, complaints email. Oh, the letter's still going on, huh? And another thing. You occasionally refer to masturbating to a film or scene as though it was analogous to singing along to a musical number. <laughs> yeah, totally as we're adding to the experience. I believe the correct preposition is over. As some purposoid might say, Hey guys, I've been masturbating over the tentacle vaccine in Howard the Duck and it really gets me hot. You're sincerely my last name with health. Masturbating now, over masturbating it sounds like over. you're getting gunk all yeah, over no, the DVDs. Yeah, that sounds like you're yeah, you're hovering over. Well, yeah, you're when you masturbate to a scene from a movie, you stand up right by the TV. <laughs> because yeah. you want to feel that static electricity on your ball hairs. 
I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, you do it. You, you do I've it, made Dan uncomfortable. You do it to it as if, like, the scene is a conductor. Yeah, yeah. And you are an instrument. <laughs> yes. It's telling you the rhythm. It's telling you when and where to touch. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm glad that we were able to Hallie. clear up this. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> so I think we're using the correct preposition. You're just, per- you're just perpetuating gender stereotypes as men as chronic masturbators <laughs> and women as bashful. What if there was a movie called Chronic Masturbator and it's about a guy, whenever he masturbates, he travels through time. <laughs> That's Chrono Masturbator. Oh, I guess that would be it, yeah. Chrono Masturbator. It would be called Chrono Onos. On, uh, Chrono Onanator. Yeah, Chrono <laughs> He's got a, a single. There's a, they invented a, the government invents a device called the Chrono Onatron, <laughs> and it, it, it's a time machine powered by masturbation. Now, when you go back in time, do not masturbate on a butterfly. Whatever you do, <laughs> you could change the course of sexual history. <laughs> There's your movie. What if I just masturbate to a butterfly? That's fine, but not over but a not butterfly. Not over it. Do not masturbate over it. But if you really That's a turned, crazy thing to say. What are you saying? really turned on by that butterfly and you want to masturbate to it, then whip it out and go right ahead. No. Do it into a jar and then seal the jar and take it back with you to the future. Yeah, because you don't want to leave it. Why would you take it? You can bury it. No, don't bury it. But what if you buried it? What if it? it leaks and suddenly there's a tree with your You've DNA in it? you take it with you. You could, you could destroy the future. Although, if you take it, are you going back in time or are you going so into Chrono the future? Onanator would have a giant well, if you go back to the future, you'd, you'd get into the future and then you'd have a bunch of babies in your jar. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> Sperm doesn't turn into babies over time. No, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. No, that's not exactly yeah, how it works. I know how it We're works. We're going to have to have a talk after this. <laughs> so. so anyway, if anyone wants to buy the rights to Chrono Onanator... <laughs> He'd have to wear goggles where the goggles are little timepieces, and every time he climaxes, they spin backwards. <laughs> and his eyes go cross-eyed like in an 80s movie. Yeah, you can't see it, though, because there's uh, clocks. Uh, don't worry about it. So, um, man. man We're uh, being pulled back into the time rift. Masturbate harder. As I thought would probably be the case uh, with four hosts. We wasted a bunch of time. We wasted a bunch of time. But uh, quickly, we should do our last segment, which is where we recommend movies that we've seen that we actually liked. liked. Before I recommend a movie, I'm going to recommend you going over to allthingscomedy.com, our uh, our our podcast comedy network. There's a lot of great co- uh, podcasts there, a lot of comedians. Uh, there's information about upcoming shows, including ours, when we do them occasionally. Yeah, do it. Allthingscomedy.com. Do you have a movie to go along with that? Or? And I'd like to recommend a movie, which Dan may have already recommended, I don't care, called Dread 3D. Did you recommend that? I think I did, but that's fine. I'm going to recommend it anyway. It stars Carl Urban as the titular behelmeted uh, law enforcer. And he basically goes up and down a giant apartment complex, blasting dudes, going into slow-mo. Who gives a shit? He throws a chick out a window. Yeah, yeah just watch it. If you haven't already seen it, you should watch it because it's totally great. I love that your recommendations are never plot summaries. It's always like when Joe Bob Briggs is introducing a movie, and he's like, this has got eight boobs, there's wire foo, there's blender foo, there's tennis foo. Like, yep. So, what I'm saying is you're the Joe Bob Briggs for like our generation. It's like Stuart's psychotronic dictionary of film. So I am reinforcing a Dan recommendation. Uh, Dread 3D. Watch it in 2D if you have to. Who gives a shit? Uh, I'd like to recommend, uh, for fans of this podcast, I assume you like good, bad movies on occasion. And uh, I watched Miami Connection. I'd been holding off on it because uh, I thought I might screen it myself. Uh, But I found out that many of my friends who appreciate bad movies had already seen it. Like me. 
Yeah, so I was like, eh, I'll just watch it. Because my, my other friend was going to screen it. And I was like, I'll go hang out with him. And it is great. It is not necessarily, like, I don't think it's as high a tier as, like, The Room or Troll 2. But it is definitely in that second tier of uh, very funny bad movies. Um, it uh, it the, the plot is so crazy. <laughs> like, there's there's a rock band that is into Taekwondo, and they get into a fight with a like like a gang with drug dealing ninjas. Yeah, again, well, like the gang seems mad because like the brother of one of the sis- the sister who's in the band, and then there's also like the fact that the like another band is mad that <laughs> they the, took their band they took job. their band's job, <laughs> so they also fight with them there. And then all of a sudden, there's uh, Central Florida ninjas for some reason. Uh, but it is their natural habitat. Yeah. It's a barrel of laughs and very quickly, uh, not a movie, but a book. Um, I, uh, my wife got me for my birthday. Harpo speaks Harpo's autobiography from the Marx brothers, uh, which is a a book. You mean Oprah. Yeah. Oprah's autobiography. A book that I read several times when I was a kid and, but hadn't read, read in several years. I'm reading it right now and I'm remembering how much I love it. And the the reason is like it's not just a document of the Marx Brothers whom I love, but it also talks a lot of like it. Harpo had an amazing life. You hear about uh, growing up in New York in tenement New York uh, as the children of immigrants. You hear about early vaudeville. You um, learn about like Harpo uh, basically brushed shoulders with all of the um, important literary and society figures of the day because he became part of the Algonquin Roundtable group. There's a story in there, I believe, about ending up nude in front of George Bernard Shaw. Yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, there's tales of the Depression. There's talk about, like, he <clears throat> did a t- tour in Russia at a time that no one went well, he to was, Russia. He was the first American to perform in Russia yeah. after the Russian Revolution. Yeah, he basically, he just had an amazing life, and he remembers a lot of amazing stories that he and his ghostwriter uh, tell in a very nice yeah. <laughs> So uh, even if you're not a fan of uh, the Marx Brothers necessarily, it's a it's a it's a just a great memoir. So I recommend this that. This has too. been the Page House. Yeah. Book recommendations. <laughs> the Page Master. The pa- this has been Macaulay Culkin's The Page Master featuring Leonard Nimoy. Hallie, and I, know, a power I, I think that we forgot to warn you <laughs> well, about this. That's the wizard. But if you have a <laughs> They're the same guy. Right? Elliot warned me. Uh, well, I would say if you uh, want to venture out into um, the broader world and go see a movie in the theaters right now. Okay, leave um, your troll cave. <laughs> uh, I recently saw The Act of Killing. It's a great movie for the whole family. A lot of laughs, uh, a lot of romance. Uh, you, It's a feel-good all around. No, it's a really intense documentary about the genocide that occurred in 1965 in Indonesia. Um, And it is fucked up, okay? It's not like most genocides. It's fucked up, you guys. Uh, And it is worth seeing. So I recommend it. It's not congruous with your earlier description of active killing. Where you described it as a family film. <laughs> your your descriptions really ran the gamut. Listen, yeah. it's every it's you know what it's it's what you want it to be. It's, uh, <laughs> it's everywhere you want it to be. Yeah. You know, check your brain at the door. <laughs> yeah. Act of you killing, Indonesian genocide. Yeah. I'd like to recommend first I'd like to back up and reinforce two recommendations Dan and Stewart gave in earlier episodes uh, this weekend, and that was since the la- last recording. I saw Pacific Rim that Stewart recommended, and Castle Freak, and which I, Dan recommended, and I saw uh, <laughs> Wake and Fear, which Dan recommended, 
and they were both great. So Awaken Fright. Awaken Fright. Awaken Fright. So Pacific Rim is probably not in theaters anymore because it didn't do that well. But if it is and you haven't seen it, go I check think it's it out. doing really well in Russia. So totally go to well Russia in, and China. <laughs> I don't give Russia. a shit. By the way, did you guys look up on on the Wikipedia page? It said that tonight's movie Upside Down, the first place it was released, was Kazakhstan. Yeah, right, just fun I, fact. I didn't like that. Kazakhstan, if you want to watch Upside Down, <laughs> I mean, or you can still, still watch running. it here. <laughs> well, I could see why it would play really well with the Kazakhstani audience. Yeah, because they love, love ups, Upside Down pee jokes. <laughs> uh, and uh, Wake and Fright, the Australian movie, is on DVD now, and it is a harrowing tale. But and Pacific Rim is balls to the wall action, monsters fighting robots. But the movie I'd like to recommend myself is a French film called Bed and Board. Uh, directed by Francois Truffaut. It's the fourth in his Antoine Donnell series of films uh, following the life of his kind of fictionalized alter ego, Antoine Donnell. And and uh, by this point, he's married to his wife, Christine, and it's about them starting a home, starting a family, and his infidelities that almost wreck their marriage. Uh, but the way it's made, it's almost like they cut it together from a season of the sitcom called like Antoine and Christine, there's a lot of really funny parts, and it's very incidental. And there's not like a driving plot necessarily, but it holds together really well. And there's a lot of little neat moments in it that feel like stuff that was ripped off by kind of indie filmmakers and Wes Anderson-y types uh, in recent years. But it's the 70s, so, so they feel fresh and new. Uh, the one thing I would say against it is it treats marital infidelity a little lightly, but hey, it's France. What are you going to do? You know, Dude, Church and La Femme, you know. Kale fromage and all that stuff. So <laughs> what a cheese! But, but it's <laughs> thanks, Doctor Translator. <laughs> but it's a uh, but it's a really enjoyable quality film. MD. Uh, Doctor Translator MD. That's my new show on Fox. Yeah, he's not. My diagnosis is French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's called Bed and Board, and I recommend it. So a shitload of movies, two books. We recommended everything tonight, man. Yeah. <laughs> But not upside down. No. Don't, watch Don't that. go see that. No. So uh, this is the time, my saddest time on the podcast. We have to <clears> say goodbye. <throat> I'd like to thank Hallie for dropping by and confirming that Stuart is a cool, chilled party dude. Party that was the dude. whole purpose? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> okay, I thought this outside. was a tryout where she, <laughs> you were trying to replace me. Yeah. Um, we wanted to see if she could hold her own with boner jokes, and she could do it. So Stuart, watch your yeah. back and watch your boner. Oh. You missed the dirt. <laughs> Like, the Wait. dirtiest joke of the night happened off the air, and that was Allie talking about how in the Upside Down world you had reverse orgasms <laughs> where, where, where cum shot back up in your body. <laughs> and then she giggled about it for about ten straight minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's late, okay? <laughs> so, anyway. Okay. You guys try it. <laughs> Getting the cum. Come squirt it up your body, I guess. I don't know why we're talking about this. This is so gross. Okay. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, good night, everyone. For the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I've been Stuart Wellington. I remain Elliot Kalen. And I am Hallie Hagland. Good night, everyone. Boom. A filthy foursome. Coney Island whitefish? What the hell is that? It's a used condom. <laughs> oh, I see. Is that... Oh, high be, enough volume. Be loud, Hallie. Yeah, I think you should probably be a little louder than that. In your face. Add a little more attitude. <laughs> more tune. Get a little rude. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs>
lose the two, dude. <laughs> Elliot, it's pointed slightly away from you, so you can you can be a little louder than normal. I'll be louder, or no, try to be. No, that's really loud. <laughs> Not that loud.